it going? <laughs> Do you have anything to share? Are you having I, a good day? I'm having a great day. I just we had a small technical difficulty. The whole podcast, I fucked it all up. We weren't being that funny anyway, and honestly, like we, you know, we need to strive for perfection. So here we are recording the same episode again. We're only like an we were only an hour into our hour long podcast this, when I like, realized today's recording sesh from the start. It's just like I kept being late, you kept being late. Then we were drunk. Then you know it was. It's now take two oh of recording and we're here. Okay. So Rebecca, chill out. We have to get on with the show. Okay, we're that's, getting on. That's with show it. business, baby. <laughs> so this is the Spooky Succubus Cast. I'm Abby here with my BFF co-host Rebecca. Hello. Who fucked my life up, but I still love her. <laughs> I did fuck it all up. Truly, I'm so sorry. Eek. So today we are talking about House of a Thousand Corpses. And for those of you who don't know, we are an anti-racist, feminist, anti-capitalist podcast to talk about horror movies and to give a seat at the table to those who have been marginalized from their production, casting, etc. in the canon. And what's your history with House of a Thousand Corpses? I saw it when it first came out or like when I was in early high school. I like... Yeah, it was like 14 probably when I saw it. And I felt nothing. I didn't feel any familial ties to it. And then I just let it go until I just watched it. This is no 13 ghosts. Yeah, I don't. There's no Matthew Lillard, so. I so I hadn't really ever seen this movie. But as you know, since I've been working from home, I've been binging like any horror movie I can possibly watch. And. I'm ashamed to say that previously I was like, Rob Zombie's just like a dumb musician. Like, how could his horror (laughs) movies be good? And then I watched House of a Thousand Corpses and I was like, it's pretty good. Like, I was wrong. Um, I can admit it and I'm sorry. And uh, I also watched 31 and I watched Lords of Salem and I don't, I didn't like Lords of Salem. I've never seen, the only Rob Zombie movies I've seen are House of a Thousand Corpses and devil's rejects that's it i don't i actually haven't seen devil's rejects and then i know the trilogy is now complete with three from hell so we should do the whole trilogy at some point but i'll just say sherry moon has white girl dreads in lords of salem and that's a no-no for me tisk there's a a lot of ways you can wear your hair and white person dreads just shouldn't be one of them number one like it's not your hair isn't made for it. My hair isn't it's made like for it. It's like not supposed to do it. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah, like just straight up don't. If you're not at a fish concert in 1999, that's a normal way to say 1999, right? 1990. 1999. <laughs> Listen, you're not at a fish concert. You're not wearing a drug rug. We're all adults. You shouldn't have dreads if you are Caucasian. End of story. I mean, I, even in 1999, like, they probably shouldn't have been either. But. You mean 1999? <laughs> yes. I still stand Sherry Moon Zombie, though, because I, I just have, like, a very weird affection for her. I do you want to go into the story her. of your Connecticut hometown, even though I've heard it? <laughs> I'll tell it again. I'll try to tell it good this time. Real good. It was great. So I'm from a little town in Connecticut, and... Um, Sherry Moon Zombie was raised in Connecticut in Plainville, so uh, I guess she wanted to move back to her roots, so she and Rob 
<laughs> you know Rob, right? They bought <laughs> a farm in my hometown, uh, which is really pretty. It's a beautiful, like, big white farmhouse, and it's right up against the land of the town park, the Hollow Park. I don't want to put my hometown on blast, but it's Woodbury, Connecticut. He doesn't live there anymore, so don't even try. So uh, when I moved home to live with my parents after college, because millennials be broke, mm-hmm. still broke, um, I would take like nightly walks with my dad after dinner because you don't like literally have anything else to do except for like take a repose. Is that the right word? Repast? Yes. Repose. Jane Austen fans, please tell me. Uh, so one night we walked by two individuals, one of them with white person dreads, the other one in a pink velour tracksuit. And who was it, my friends? Rebecca, who was it? Who was it? Was it Sherry and Rob? It sure was. And they said, hi, how are you? And we were like, great, how are you this evening? So I have met Sherry Moon and Rob Zombie. Uh, but that was before, like, right when I was out of college, I was just like, I'm depressed. But I only became, like, a big, big horror movie fan. Honestly, like, later in my 20s, I'm not that, like, deep-rooted of a horror fan. So now I'm like, god damn it. I had everything right in front of me and I didn't know it, you know? I... I don't know. I wasn't super into Rob Zombie or even though I dated a bunch of like gross metal dudes, not like a bunch, but like a few, you know, who were like white metal dudes who like made me. I have dated every kind of white dude. That's true. Me too. But it's horrible. I Caesar can attest. Jocks are my Caesar's a jock. Former jock. so not jockey. He was jockey and now he's a stoner. But when he was younger, he was a jock. He played baseball. He like loves Adam played baseball. Adam was a pitcher. What did Caesar (sighs) play? He was first baseman. Yeah. They're so cute. So cute. We really tried to make them be best friends. And we would have gotten there too if you hadn't left me. So sorry. You can move to Phoenix. Darn it. I'll die in the heat. But I would do it for you. (laughs) And the swimming pool. Shucks. Yeah, no, white guys are terrible. One time I <laughs> dated a guy that broke up with me because a new World of Warcraft extension came out. God, gross. He said he had to focus on the game. What was his name? I'm not going to say. <laughs> I <Patrick>. really want <laughs> What was it? He took Patrick. Uh, Patrick? There's like no chance he hears this. I don't even know. He's probably dead, but he would <laughs> keep like open cans of Surge. You know, like surge, which surge is like that Mountain Dew made on crack, word? essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean either that or he went to Sam's Club and stocked <laughs> up on it because he would first thing in the morning smoke a cigarette in his bed with the windows shut and have a sip of surge to like get ready for his day of gaming. And this motherfucker broke up with me, you guys. It is a really shameful moment in my dating history. Stop, Rebecca. I'm so sorry. I love it. Do you want me to tell you a story, uh, a bad story about me? I dated a guy named Zach who Maya is probably listening to this and be like, she remembers, uh, who had a goatee, a drinking problem, and wore exclusively cargo beige shorts, went to UTI, had no life goals, has two children now. Listen, I don't give a fuck. I went to UTI, too, the University of Tract Infections. <laughs> no, he was. it was much less interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, and I let him treat listen, me really badly, so whatever. 
Listen, it's amazing what we let men get away with. God. Like, I forget where I saw a meme that was like, dating white men is like an extreme sport. And it's it honestly true. is. Have you remember the Amy Schumer bit? Amy Schumer is low key problematic, but I still I think she's like, given a lot to feminists. I don't like and Amy whores, Schumer. So. But. I know, but she did have this stand up bit that was like, every woman's been a little bit raped. And then that yeah. was the first time. Hell yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that i think of it like that wasn't exactly oh my right God. the first time i was like in the back of a car and i was like i had verbally said i don't want to do this anymore and then it just kept happening and i was like okay oh, oh i'm we're currently still going raped. yeah i once woke up with a guy inside of me and i was like well, I was sleeping, so I certainly didn't consent, but I guess I'll just ride this out because it's easier to just get through it and get out of the apartment. And that's what I did. Wow. And I forgot my glasses in the apartment, so I had to call him to give me my glasses. Which was, Let me go punch him in the face. God, is he in Rhode Island? Uh, no, he was in Boston. Let me punch him. I hate You can him. punch him. Great. I love my my man. Yours. I, I like yours. I like mine. That's it. I like Caesar better than I like my own dad, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Caesar dad. is I know great. You're not listening. I you love don't support Ad- me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Adam. I love Caesar. They're great. They're precious. And someday we'll own a weed farm together and be like grandmas that didn't have kids drinking, you know, wine God, out I of mugs wait. on a porch. <laughs> dog grandmothers so as we mentioned we're talking about house of a thousand corpses <laughs> and we're gonna we give still you... haven't gotten to it it's fine we're ha- we're loose we're having fun right oh and we also want to say thank you to our new patreon <gasps> patron yeah benjamin if you're listening you're the first patron that we don't know personally and we see you we love you God. if you got here by mistake we're still happy to if have you, you. accidentally <laughs> put in your credit card information while you were drunk i still appreciate you and if yeah if you're a white man that heard us say we want to murder every white man <laughs> and you're still here like fuck yeah dude you're you're it we love you yes thank you so much <laughs> seriously like i couldn't sleep i was so happy because I mean, I, rebecca and i are in different time zones so i woke up to pee at like 2 or 3 a.m and checked my phone getting off rebecca. Work. yeah yeah rebecca was like do you know this person i was like oh, no i'm so excited <laughs> i like just laid there all like happy doing a crossword because i couldn't sleep <laughs> I was, like, astonished. I was, like, how do you guys want to fucking listen to us? Why would anyone want to listen to us? I, like, made a joke earlier of, like, who wants to listen to me talk? I don't want to listen to me talk. And I was talking to Caesar, and I was, like, you married me. You asked me to marry you, and you still don't want to listen to me talk. And he's, like, oh, oh, oh." and he went back to rolling his joint. And I was, like, well, fair. It's true. (laughs) You know what my favorite thing is with my stoner husband? When I clean a table and then... Two minutes later, he's breaking up old roaches on it to make a super joint. Does yours do that? No, he has his own. He's got his a little corner. Um, he's got his whole weed cabinet. I'm not allowed anywhere near it because I'm pretty clumsy and klutzy. And I'll break stuff um, if I go over there. So he's got his whole. We should have like a tournament for them of who can roll a joint the fastest. Caesar the has be? like. So he's a big dude. Caesar's a big man, and he ha- he wears size twelve 
to 13 shoes and he has big fucking baseball mitt hands and he has just like little nimble fingers he can roll a joint so so fast his joints are always perfect he is just like like it's perfect two seconds i can't roll a joint despite having the world's smallest hands i can't do it adam told me he would teach me but i was like but you do it why would i need to learn i don't smoke a lot of weed because i have a lot of anxiety and it doesn't help um and asthma rebecca has asthma you guys. and asthma rebecca has asthma and i don't i just i'm a good old-fashioned borderline alcoholic so like i don't need weed so the thing is what i like about weed is okay so truth be told i have the lungs of an infant so every time <laughs> i take a hit i cough like i'm five I'm like, yeah daddy no same um, so <laughs> I prefer edibles, and mm-hmm. what I like is that I don't get a hangover because I drink, like, one glass of wine, and I'm like, my broken crone of a body the next morning. Mm-hmm. If you're under 25 and you're listening to this, it only gets worse. It only gets worse. I started, my knees started clicking, and I started getting hangovers at 26, so... It only gets worse. I remember when my dad, like, my dad has always, I like sitting on the floor, too, but my dad, when I was growing up, he would, like, sit on the floor, play with us, or, like, you know, at the Christmas tree or whatever, and he would get up and be like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, do you, like, do you need to do that? Like, come on. And now yeah. that I'm old, I'm like, oh, he do need to do that. I it's, also need to do that. It's yeah. motivation to, like, like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> my bones hurt but i have no choice we're both on the floor right now so i like sitting on the floor i don't like getting up yeah my knees so do that's why hurt. It, did you delete the other episode on purpose so I, we never have to get off the floor <laughs> so we'll be here for hours at a time God. So, do you get into it get that? into the plot get into it that Let's we've already done <laughs> maybe we'll be better at it this time who knows? Have mercy on us. <laughs> Hail Satan. Whoever. So we open with a black and white ad for a creature feature movie marathon hosted by Dr. Wolfenstein. And then we see an ad for Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men. Captain Spaulding is a beautiful clown in an American flag <laughs> clown outfit. And he's not disconcerting at all. He's great. So both he's of these got a ads little bow tie with a skeleton in the center. I love that bow tie. I would wear it. I mean, you know too. what I was thinking? This is later in the plot. A great Halloween costume would be Baby during her "I Want to Be Loved by You" performance. Yeah, with the Don't curly brunette hair. Yeah. You just have to find the dress. I well, haven't done my Sherry you, Moon but... impression since we've started the new the new recording. <laughs> since I fucked it up, you want me to do it? Do you want to? Do you want to do it? <laughs> Okay. And I love it so much. I want to hear Caesar do it though. He's probably pretty good at it. Do it. Shoo shoo, maiden. Run run, rabbit. Run run. You're much better at it. Send me a recording of Caesar doing it. Actually, if you sign up for the Patreon, we'll send you we'll a recording of Caesar doing. He has such the a moon impression. Do you, does anyone remember when he asked me for his shoes? He has a very he's a baritone for sure. He has a very deep voice. Um, it goes actually. With his... If you sign up for the Patreon, you can choose which one of our husbands you want to hear do the Sherry Moon impression. <laughs> actually, you can just have them. you fucking do what you want. I'll do anything <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So both the ads are in black and white, 
and they have the sort of classic musical cues and film cues of like very Americana early cinema. Uh, we have like all of the demarcations of sort of like Betty Davis, classic flicks, um, etc. And then we find out, most importantly, that Captain Spaulding's offers fried chicken, gasoline, and a museum about serial killers. So mm-hmm. I personally would definitely stop there if I had the chance. Same. I love serial killers, despite myself. We can talk about it. I mean, I feel like it's just part of, like, being a woman. And you're just sort of like, I need to know the worst things that exist so that I can see every red flag and be prepared not to be murdered at all times. Right. It's like, oh, wait, there's a guy who murders decapita- who murders women and, and fucks their decapitated heads. I would like to know about that, you know? Men who, like, murder Why? women and throw Does them in anyone- barrels. Why does anyone want to fuck a decapitated head? Gross. I don't want to see a decapitated head. Yeah. I... Unless it's Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> then whoosh. I want to see the state of her chunky knit. Yeah. Her <laughs> so, head Captain Spaulding. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Captain Spaulding. Uh, we sorry. We see the inside of Captain Spaulding's shop and his museum. He's chatting to his friend, whose name I fucking forgot, even though we just did this twenty minutes ago. Jackie Cobb. Jackie Cobb. <laughs> He's talking to Jackie Cobb, and they're chatting about a local mentally ill person. Uh, and they are disparaging that person, calling him the R word, and saying all he wants to do is eat and fuck, and other disparaging remarks. All, Whack I, say, is all I want to do is. One of those things, and it's eat. <laughs> He's whacking his weasel. He shoves a pencil in his eye. Yeah. I know. That grosses me. I don't like the eye, the teeth, the nails. <laughs> I don't like stuff. Yeah. I look really pretty. You do. So then a couple of locals try to hold the shop up at gunpoint, and Captain Spaulding is, like, making jokes and kind of being like, you're full of shit, etc. Jackie Cobb recognizes one of the robbers as a guy that works at the hardware stall called Little Dickwick. And the a third guy, Ravelli, uh, who seems to be Captain Spaulding's henchman, busts in with a big false clown head, swinging an axe, and they murder the robbers. And then we see the opening credits of House of a Thousand Corpses. And it's a lot of titties and a lot of surgery implements. Conflation of sex and violence. That's right. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> So then we cut to a car, and inside it are four teenagers, two of whom are Jerry and Bill. Hey, if that was the correct use of whom, let me know, because I don't fucking know how to say whom. It's when it's the subject <laughs> of a sentence. It's... Don't stop. I don't know. Anyway. I know. I know, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Chris so Hardwick Jerry is there. Jerry is played by Chris Hardwick in a very upsetting wig with a beanie on. And then Bill is Rain Wilson, a.k.a. Dwight Schrute. And as I think I said this in our original recording, that is dead to everyone. But he literally does look like what Dwight would look like in, like, 1980. I I totally buy it. I stan Rain Wilson. He's he's a good time. I think he's great. He looked good as Fish Boy, too. True. Just wait till he's dead. (laughs) So Jerry only put $2 worth. Oh, sorry. They're on a road trip. Jerry is a douchebag, so he only put $2 worth of gas in the car, and now they're out of gas. And Bill is like, we need gas. And then Jerry can only talk about how he wants to fuck the Manson women. Mm -hmm. And like... Dude, you would fuck anything. Literally with a anything. Don't lie to me. You Your don't girlfriend care. is asleep in the backseat and she deserves so much better than you. Denise, like, oh, Denise, why are you dating Jerry? He is horrible. Come on. 
Truly. She could do so much better. Truly. So they see the exit for Captain Spaulding's and they pull off to get gas there. They discover that the institution is, quote, boss enough to wake (laughs) up the girls who are named Mary and Denise. Mm -hmm. So they get the cameras and it comes to light that they are making a book about roadside attractions. So they go in. There's a lot of funny stuff. They're chatting up Captain Spaulding and uh, Captain Spaulding... When the guys get arrogant, starts to push back on them and calls them out for being like super arrogant dickheads and disparaging country folk. And then he says, my favorite line. Do you want to do it, Rebecca? You want me to do it? I yeah, got to get me some education. Is a lot. That was That's too much. That's right. <laughs> I put too much on it. I think you did great. Thank you. The girls come in and they find out there's a murder ride. Uh, so they definitely want to go on the ride. And they the girls are, are kind of like, can we not go on the murder ride? And Jerry's really rude to them and sexist. He infantilizes Denise, who is his girlfriend, and then he mocks the sound of Mary's voice. And y'all out there, y'all people that are partnered, any kind of person with any kind of partner, if your partner's friends are mean and disparaging to you in front of your partner and your partner doesn't shut that shit down, you shut that shit down. Fuck them. I Fuck They're them. like... These women aren't willing to be verbally abused, so they're shrews because they're boring and they wanted to sleep. And They're like, I don't want to go on a murder ride in this weird backwoods area that is raising a lot of red flags. And they're like, bitch. It's the middle of the night. And Jerry's like, oh, you're so boring. And like, they're, they're not shrews just because they're, I don't. They were asleep. They were asleep. And they didn't want to come on this trip. You look at them and it's like. All right, fine. If you guys want to do this, we'll do this with you. But your book will never get published and you're both fucking hacks. But we're just going to date you until we start fucking like a cool professor that's smarter than you. Like Like, Jerry has never gone down on a woman and it fucking shows. Like, truly. He doesn't know where the clitoris is. He doesn't know where it is. He can't find it. No. Ugh. So we find that – oh, Sorry. Sorry. Uh, They go on the murder ride, and we have some heavy hitters such as Albert Fish, Lizzie Borden, and Ed Gein featured. And then the final feature in the murder ride is local hero S. Quentin Quayle, a.k.a. Dr. Satan. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Satan was an intern at Willows County Mental Hospital, which was nicknamed Weeping Willows because people were not happy in there. Mental no. health care has really not come very far. No. It's better now, but it was bad. It's really bad. Which is why it's stigmatized and people that are running around with like bipolar depression and other like severe issues are just kind of like, this is fine. This is normal because there's so much stigma to getting the right medication and seeking help. So they just kind of like run around feeling terrible when you can just feel better. I mean, mental health is, in this country, is, oh, God, so sad. And is only, it's, like, better, yeah, like you said, but not great. But I even, like, lived without my antidepressant for 100 years because I kept being, like, it's my job or, like, it's this apartment or, like, there are a million things that I said, like, it's this. It's not that I have depression. And then I was, like, oh, I definitely have depression. And I got a medication. I was, like, oh, it was the it was the depression. It wasn't the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, speaking as a depressed person, I'm like, I'm oh. looking at you, bitch. You need you to get are looking at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking I don't at have anyone health who's insurance. like, I don't need an antidepressant. Right. Okay, I don't that's have legit. health insurance. 
So, like, I can... I could go to the doctor, but I can't because I don't want to pay a bunch of money. It's like... Actually, you're totally right, and I'm sorry because that was classist as shit of me because technically I work for the state of Massachusetts, so I have them state benefits. So I'm really sorry, everyone. That was classist and shitty of me. If you need help to pay your medical bills, start a GoFundMe and be like, pay for my fucking therapist. If you're a 30-year-old bartender like me and you don't have health insurance... You're not alone, you know? Listen, you guys, sign up for our Patreon so Rebecca can see a fucking therapist. (laughs) I've got a lot of childhood trauma. Her brain is a mess. I know her brain is a mess because we had similar childhoods. And thankfully, I can pay for my therapy with my insurance. If you can't, don't give up. Listen. Is that inspirational? Poverty is a bitch. You know what I mean? We're fine. It really is. I'm fine. I'm not that bad. But whatever. No one has ever said I'm fine in a less convincing way, but that's <laughs> fine. That's why we have the Patreon. Just because I, I laugh easily doesn't mean I'm not crying all the time. On that's the a inside. thing. Like, I feel like I'm pretty outgoing and I make a lot of jokes and people are like, oh, I never would have suspected. And I was like, yeah, depression looks a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. <laughs> and some people are really good at masking it. Until they're not. Uh-huh. And then my day's off. I'm Raise like, your hand if you cry at work sometimes. Ooh. Hey. I, uh, yeah, I'm like, what? Isn't everyone sad and, like, fatigued all the time? That's Isn't the thing. That a thing. I asked my therapist that. And I was like, everyone must feel this way. And she was like, some people just feel fine. And I was like, no. Uh, uh, what? And she was like, yeah, no, no. some people are fine. When I'm like laying in <laughs> bed like, and I literally can't move, I'm like, meh, everyone must feel this way. Nope. I didn't know actually how traumatic my childhood was until my therapist was like, whoa. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's fine, right? That happens to everyone. She was like, no. <laughs> We're okay. Everyone is fine. I'm doing fine. Everyone I honestly am fine. doing fine. Yeah. I mean, are we convincing you guys? Sort of. I have... All I'm, right. like, very lucky, you know, in a lot of ways. So, whatever. This is off the rails. And we're... This is a professional operation. So let's <laughs> reel it in. So, uh, Dr. Satan believed he could create a race of superhumans from the mentally ill through primitive brain surgery, a.k.a. lobotomies, I guess. I'm not exactly sure what the plan was, but I wouldn't try brain surgery on someone. Let's not. Yeah, let's not do it. There's no reason. So, the local community found out about Dr. Satan's misdeeds, and he was hung on a hanging tree close to where the museum is, but the body was missing the next morning and has never been found, and no one knows what happened to Dr. Satan. So, they leave the attraction, Jerry's being just like a giant ass face because of his wig, probably. Dr. Satan! And he's like has his tongue out. Uh, yeah, he's like trying yeah, to do like the Gene Simmons, but his tongue is a stupid stubby tongue. <laughs> I don't I don't have anything to back that up. He's just being annoying in general. So Denise has to call her dad. She's um I guess in the neighborhood of where she lives. Like their road trip has culminated in being close to her house because she's due at her dad's later that day. And she says you know, we are running late. We got sidetracked, but we're on our way. 
And her dad definitely looks like a classic American dad. He's watching his TV where we see Dr. Wolfenstein. Mm -hmm. And then we see a news item about several missing cheerleaders from the local high school. And then Jerry is trying to talk Captain Spaulding into pointing them to the hanging tree. But Captain Spaulding is resisting, though he ultimately ends up writing them a map. On the way, they see Baby... Played by my BFF, Gal Pal, <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie. Do that laugh for me, baby. <laughs> hey, there she is. There it is. And she said, yeah, I know where the tree is. I can show you how to get there. It's really close to my house. She's wearing so a she cowboy hops hat in the car. and a pink umbrella. That cowboy hat. Man, she has such dreamy hair, doesn't she? She does. Those perfect ringlets, and it's so long. I know I've talked about this before, and people have been like, no, but should I get a perm? I mean, maybe. Do it. You guys, I'll get a really bad perm if you (laughs) You sign up for the Patreon. (laughs) Right. You have to put it in the memo, like, only because, yeah. I'll get a perm, too. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I'll do anything. I'll shave yeah. my fucking head, dude. I'll do that. I won't do that because do I have it. a weird scar on my head. A doorknob hit me when I was a kid. Aww, I know, it's really where sad. Where is it? It's on the back right here. No. I was like doorknob height and uh, we were in a school for some reason, some like pageant or something. So it was one of those like big heavy school doors with like a steel doorknob and it schwacked me right in the back of the head. Aww. I just have like you feel a, bad for me? a small head, but I'll shave it. Shave the fuck out of it. I think you'd look cool with a shaved head. I did half of it once. I'm ready for it again. All right. You heard it here first. Sign up for the Patreon. You have to give us $6 and Rebecca will shave it. At her head. least. Yeah. So they uh, are in the car with Baby. A tire blows, and Baby's like, We can walk to my house. A tire is shot out by RJ. In a in a bear wolf costume. He does have a wolf costume on. I personally would question why the tow truck driver did have a wolf costume on, but they don't seem phased by it. Crack shot. But RJ's yeah. got some aim. He's obviously not his first rodeo, you know. <laughs> he's so they, uh oh go ahead. I was um, just gonna say he's also he's kinda hot. I the only one I wouldn't fuck is probably grandpa. Yeah, it's the it's the mouth. He, you know, I the way don't he, like a wet mouth. With food. He's got the wettest mouth alive. Wet mouth. Yeah. PM. Mother, baby, I'd for sure fuck RJ. Otis, we'll get to Otis, but whew. Oh yeah, I would just sit on that dick and be like, I guess you do the work because you're gonna anyway. <laughs> Tell me your diatribe. Yeah. Talk down to <laughs> yeah. me. He certainly would. I think mm-hmm. that's guaranteed. So we get a shot of the house, and it is very similar to the Sawyer house from Texas Chainsaw, which is like, you know, take care of these old farmhouses, you know? They don't right. make them like this anymore. And so I found out through Wikipedia, where I learned everything, where I've, like, built up this, you know, really sophisticated intelligence that I now possess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find out that this house is the same house from one of my favorite movies, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Stalling, Stalling? Starring. Stalin? 
um, starring Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. And Dolly Parton is just like a dreamy queen in that movie. So if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. She's still We're doing not going to talk about it. So well. It's not scary. Yeah, she's just like, um, if America is not going to save America, I guess I will like completely bail out society and fund a fucking vaccine because nobody else is going to do shit. There was a uh, meme that was like, we'll eat all the rich except for Dolly Parton. And I agree. She, I agree. She gets a There's pardon. There's no one else. A Dolly pardon. Hey, yo. Hey. <laughs> when the world is normal again, we should go to Dollywood and get really fucked up and I'm ride so on dumb. the rides. Hey, sometimes she just shows up there. You never know when it's going to happen, but she can just randomly be at Dollywood some days. Great. Can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) So then we see Otis talking to the missing cheerleaders in an upstairs room, and he's basically kind of like preaching to them in a Manson-esque way. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to Bill and Baby, who have arrived at the house and are on the porch, where there's just a lot of decapitated dolls nailed to the porch Mm -hmm. wall. Too many, I would say. It's, um, she's going for an assemblage art sort of aesthetic. I appreciate assemblage. it. Assemblage. I appreciate it, too. Um, but maybe she's Later in the movie, did you see that, like, whole wall that was, it's when she scalps Jerry. The whole wall is plastered with the creature from the Black Lagoon yes. poster. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> so many, like, good walls in there. It's like, I would live in this house. Maybe do a few yeah, more dishes than they're doing. There. But, um, yeah. And I'm like, maybe I do just don't know if I would eat a meal that Mama Firefly cooked for me. I wouldn't trust it. No. I don't know what's in there. So uh, the Rufus already left with the tow truck. He, he spooks the others at the car because he's, again, wearing a wolf costume. <laughs> Back to the house, Baby and Bill are hanging out on the couch, and the others finally arrive. And then we meet Mama Firefly, a.k.a. Gloria, who is in, like, a negligee, boa, big blonde hair, mm-hmm. big pink lips. She is fly. Bad teeth. And the teeth in this movie I can't are not talk great. about anybody's bad. teeth in a disparaging way because, like, popcorn like and kettle teeth. black. But, like, it's it's grotesque in, like, a campy sort of way. I feel bad that Bill Mosley basically never gets to play anyone with good teeth. Because he played Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw 2, yeah. and his teeth were really bad in that movie, too. I'm I'm sexually attracted to Bill Mosley, so bad uh, teeth. Yeah, and the bone structure. Oh. I'm like, do when I just have a fucking beard, albino? Like, what's happening? Yeah, Dude, in Devil's Reject, with the beard and the fucking long blonde hair, I'm like, could get he it. He does look hot with the beard, i For sure, yeah. Beards are good. Beards mm-hmm. are better. Mm-hmm. We both have. Both I don't want to see your face. Beards. I don't want to see your chin. <laughs> I don't want to see my own chin. Me neither. I wish I could have a beard. I think being a bearded lady would be really novel and Me cool. Me too. I have a mustache, but not like a good one. If be I could patchy. just have a full beard for like, if I could just snap my fingers and have a full beard and just wear it until I got tired of it, I would love that. Yeah. Should I invest in like high quality fake beards? Yes. Talk me out of it. Let's both do it. I don't, Oh, that would be good. My face is so small, though. Like, I feel like a beard would just smother my... But if you have a shaved head... That's true. Chef's kiss. Shaved yeah, head. we figured it out. I also have, like, big lips. So, like, 
you would still be able to see, you know what I mean? My mouth. Do you think Caesar would have a problem fucking you while you had a full beard? No. He likes, he loves my armpit hair. I mean, he's going to hate if he ever listens to this. My armpit hair and my leg hair. He like likes the way that it feels. So I've got a progressive man, you know? That's awesome. I think Adam just doesn't really care. Yeah, he like doesn't care. He likes when I'm like smooth like a dolphin or if I've got like a little stubble. He likes it. If anyone ever tells you to change your appearance or shave something you don't want to shave, drop that motherfucker. Yeah, fuck them. They either like you for the inside. One time a guy was like, have you thought about shaving your pussy? And I'm like, not for one second. It seems really uncomfortable. And it's just hair. When I was young, I did it for boys. It hurts. It hurts. I remember. Yeah, I remember the trauma of it. And I I don't Let's not revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a grown ass (laughs) woman with hair in places where hair should be. If your hair grows, it grows. Like, it grows there. That's where it should put. Po- it's supposed to be. Razors and women being hairless are a complete invention of patriarchal capitalism. It's like, how do we sell more razors? Because half the population isn't purchasing razors. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you just make women think they have to be completely hairless to be attractive. And then, bam. Right. I don't want to look like a 12-year-old version of myself. It's weird that guys want to fuck women with no hair on their pussy because it does seem like they want to fuck a kid, right? A baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, gross. Like, pubes are something that adults have. So, like, why wouldn't you It's a normal thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Justice for pubes. Pube talk. Pube talk with Abby and Rebecca. (laughs) All right. So, they kind of make fun of the family. The teenagers kind of make fun of the family for being backwoods. And Mama gets offended. And poor, because poor people are bad, guys. Don't you know? Did you not know that? Uh, And then Baby comes back in and says that Tiny is home. Upstairs, we see just a pan of the cheerleaders that have gone missing that are now dead or pretty close to dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Down Back downstairs, the gang sits down to dinner. Tiny comes in, and Tiny has gigantism, and he's wearing a mask to cover up his face. Uh, and then Mama says, can you go get Grandpa? She writes him a little note. And then she says Tiny can't hear well because he was set on fire uh, earlier in his life by his biological father, Earl, a.k.a. the professor, who went mad. Burp alert. Sorry, guys. Whoops. And tried to burn down the house because he said it was possessed by spirits. Uh, she said Tiny's shy, but he'll warm up and that he's a real lady killer. But Tiny doesn't kill any ladies. He mm-hmm. is the one that lets Denise go because he basically they give Denise to Tiny as a doll. But he is compassionate and says, like, yeah, go ahead. Get out of here. But then Otis catches her. So He's... Tiny is coded bad because he is really, really tall and suffers from, like, deformities in his limbs. So he doesn't look traditional and he isn't traditionally shaped. Mm-hmm. Which is, as in my notes, said. says not traditionally shaped. Which is like, and of course he's disfigured by burns, so he is coded bad. The teenagers totally gawk at him; they're really scared of him. But he seems to be one of the more benign members of the Firefly Clan, and he never actually kills anyone, though mm-hmm. he is complicit in the killings. He's True. willing to let Denise go because he does experience compassion for her. He's played by Matthew McGrory. McGrory, uh, who you had it. I don't know how you say it. It's Irish. 
I don't know. You read a word and you either pronounced it right or you didn't. Uh, As this movie has proved, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Uh, May he rest in peace, though. Uh, He used to appear on the Howard Stern show, and then he did, like, a few bit parts in movies like this. Um, And, and, you know, other movies that exploited... Yeah, I feel like I've seen him around. ...big people for being scary, which is not true. It's kind of shitty, because he could actually be a great character actor, but we don't really know, because it's just like, we need a really tall person that doesn't look like a regular person would. And so they're like, hello, sir, you got this part because you're, like, you look the way you look, and not because of your value inherently as a human. Right. What a bummer. What a bummer. We see you, Matthew. We kind of can't pronounce your last name, but respect. McRory. 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 That's what I'm going to say. So we see Baby upstairs doing her makeup for an occasion, and she's chatting to a cheerleader that's bound up on the bed who is next to a dead friend. And they're both wearing their uniforms. Baby's like, come on, make me laugh. Cheer me up. Uh, But she's like, no, I'm really scared because I'm going to get murdered. Give me a B. Give me an A. Should we do the whole thing? No one. What is that spell? What is that spell? She like. I love her. (laughs) My favorite line, and she says, "What's new, poopy pants?" (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So they put on their masks downstairs to have dessert because it is a Firefly Halloween ritual that you must wear a mask to have dessert. Jerry asks Mama Firefly if she knows anything about Dr. Satan, and then problematic sex symbol Otis appears with a jar of fetus that is named Leroy. I didn't ask questions. We don't find out. Right. And he's like, yeah, I know about Dr. Satan. You don't need to know, okay? You have enough to deal with teenagers because we're going to fucking kill you. He... Yeah, he's wearing... Like, I agree with some of the things that Otis says. A lot of the things that Otis says... And like he's hot, and I'm I'm into it. He's wearing a a tank top that says "Burn this flag" with the American flag on it. He says, "How could I, being born of such conventional stock, arrive a leader of the rebellion, an escapist from a conformist world des- destined to find happiness only in that which cannot be explained?" Is like I'd fucking say Without some shit like that. Without the pension for murdering, sort of could be like a communist socialist leader uh, activists that right. like totally affected change but right. the murdering is kind of a problem it's a problem Small yeah but problem just a tiny large problem if you don't think otis is sexy get over it because we're going to talk about his penis some more yeah. <laughs> so then Probably dinner's did. over and gr- there's a close-up on grandpa's face which is frankly just gross and he mm-hmm. says it's showtime <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the fireflies have a built-in stage in their house because mm-hmm. we got cut to this staged room uh and it's all like decked out with classic americana and shit grandpa is on the mic doing a stand-up routine that's i guess just about eating pussy i don't want him to eat my pussy eat your ever. wife's pussy when he says oh yeah so gross the way he says pussy makes my pussy literally <laughs> clamp shut yeah like and dry up it becomes a shriveled <laughs> thing <laughs> and then it's baby's turn baby comes up and lip syncs to classic i want to be laughed about you and i said hey why don't you look up the name of that song so you don't have to sing it to get your point across <laughs> and i forgot so you all had to hear me sing and it's, i'm sorry it was beautiful uh thank you so much she's <laughs> those eyebrows are wow 
a staple. The first thought I had was I want to do my makeup exactly like that. Yeah. And just walk around. Let's yeah. do it. She's a baby. She's a slut. She's sexy baby. Sexy baby. Uh, because America loves a sexy baby. Loves a sexy baby. She's like, yeah, like born sexy yesterday, but she's seen some shit. She's killed some shit. And she's not sorry. And she's not sorry. And she's still a baby. The split screens in this movie are so unpleasant. I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) I don't like it. Yeah. There's so much like Caesar, when we watched, when Caesar and I watched this movie, he's like, I've seen this movie several times, but I don't remember any of it. And I think it's because there's so many cuts to like random shit. Yeah. Like I only paid attention to everything because we were doing the pod. Yeah. Normally, I would just, like, kind of check out in some yeah, of those Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Screens. Neon negative filter. Let me just, like, ride this ride. Yeah. And I think Rob Zombie later said it's supposed to be sort of an homage to, like, Manson family diatribes in Jonestown where there's all these recordings of them just saying, like, crazy esoteric shit that has no grounding in reality mm-hmm. but does dictate their kind of, like, life ethos. Um And I was like, yeah, I kind of believe that. But also, like, it did not enhance my viewing experience in the least. (laughs) So Baby is kind of, like, flirting with the audience, a.k.a. these four teenagers. Mary pushes Baby because she's like, you're flirting with my boyfriend. And I'm like, no one fucking cares. She calls her a stupid whore and a A slut. A redneck, stupid redneck whore and a slut. And, like, that's mean because... To these teenagers, literally the only thing this Firefly family has done is help them and be weird. And, like, that's not their fucking They're definitely fault. weird, yeah. Like, but that was the thing. It's like, listen, you know these people have a couple of screws loose. They fed you. They're fixing your car. All you need to do is just be chill. Don't make a scene. Accept whatever weird shit they're going to do. Honestly, maybe they would have gotten out alive. Probably I, not. But if I she don't think hadn't they pushed... But- but I'm telling you, just side with the enemy. Be like, Otis, I totally agree. Burn this flag. I'll turn my ex-boyfriend into a fish boy. I will have sex with you. It will be bad. But, like, I've had a lot of bad sex, so it's fine. Like, I am down. And then, done. You don't die. Right. I And, like, they're just being rude and mean and shrewish the entire time for no reason like they don't know they're gonna kill them yet so they're just being dicks for no reason which is also frustrating because yes the like two men bill and jerry are set up as being kind of like arrogant stupid assholes but Uh the women are categorized as like completely shrew like completely outrageous Mm -hmm. ridiculous oversensitive to every experience and it's like yeah these characters are written so i hate them and guess what i hate them but they don't have any identity outside of being jealous girlfriends to these unremarkable men. Right. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. But. But I still don't feel any sympathy for them. I don't. Because they're really, still trash. Unfortunately. Sorry. Yeah. So RJ comes in at this moment when there's about to be a tussle between Mary and Baby. Also, could you tell Mary and Denise apart this whole fucking movie? I did not know whose so face close. was like whose. make at They're least so make similar. One of them blonde, and then we could have like a blonde and a brunette. Like if we if the entire cast the is going to be white, which shape. it is, like yeah, whitest movie. Like make one of them blonde. I don't. Yeah, we have to stop doing so many white 
white Snow White movies. You've got Eve's Bayou next, which is like... Ooh, I watched the trailer and it looks so good. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. And I think Zoe Saldana, right? No, Did that's that um, uh, Jocelyn. Jo- mm. Joycelyn Smollett. Smollett. I feel like we were just low-key racist there. I can't remember her name. Um, I just remember you her brother is the one. Name. No, her brother is the one who like went through that whole um, scandal. Oh shit! What's his name? His name is. Why are we so stupid? <laughs> I don't know. Something Smollett. Maybe that's what I'm getting. It mixed oh, it's up like Jussie Juice Jussie. She's in Birds okay. of Prey. Anyway. Bear in mind, we both have our internet browsers open, so we could have solved this easily like four minutes ago, but instead we're just like, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, it's just shame. Jussie. His name is Jussie. I just, I Jussie said that. So sorry. Do you get it? Journey. Journey Smollett. We got there, you guys. Here sorry, we confused the names of black people with the names of other black people. Of their we siblings, at least. Um... No, but I confused her with Zoe Saldana. You did. Yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I was complicit in that. She is I in, am ending this podcast now. We're breaking up as friends. She no, I'm sorry. I was also in kidding. with it. Um she's in Birds of Prey. She plays uh Canary. It's such a good good role. Uh she does a great job. So thank you, Journey, for your work. Thank you, Journey. Thank you. And good night. She was also um, we'll in see you next Full week House. for Eve's Bayou. That's maybe where I know her. That's where I first encountered her. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Anyway. We're talking about House of 1,000 Corpses. <laughs> With no black people. I would say so. there could be more than 1,000 corpses in that house. I'm just going to throw it out there. How, how has no one... How is the... The cheerleaders are really like the catalyst for them being uh, discovered because they kidnapped five cheerleaders um but how has no one no one been suspected before that i don't it does seem suspicious Mm -hmm. i guess because they prey on road trippers and people that are coming through captain spaulding's so it's like a roadside attraction that is their kind of murder pipeline but that's a lot of cars to dispose of yeah and a lot of bodies well the bodies make the house they they bodies decompose slowly so there had to be a smell yep i agree there's we're getting (laughs) recentered there's an immediate escalation like once once baby is pushed shit pops off well, I wouldn't fucking push baby. You see her? Hell She's, no. She is wild. Don't fuck with her. Come on, idiot. <laughs> so just that moment, RJ comes in and he says the car's done. They get in the car to depart and baby appears at the window with her stunning makeup looking very normal and not terrifying at all. Uh, and then <laughs> Tiny and Otis were posing as scarecrows, and uh-huh. when Bill gets out to open the gate to the estate, why uh, they attack him? Why is the Please. driver the one who gets out to open the gate? Why is it not Jerry who isn't driving, opening the gate? Honestly, I would have fucking left Jerry there if he got attacked by a Truly. scarecrow, Otis. Yeah. I would have been like, you know what? No skin There's- off my teeth. There is no reason yeah. for me to care that Jerry died. Yeah, totally agree. In a perfect world, Jerry hops out and gets murdered, and then uh, the other three drive away and try to get better at living life. Because I exactly. like I like Bill, 
I like Rain Wilson's. Character. Why do you like Bill? I don't know because he's played by him? Rain Wilson, and you just I just like his glasses. I do. I I am. You Rain guys Wilson. kind of have the same glasses. <laughs> <laughs> the half wire, half. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they take all of the uh, captives back into the house. The next morning, we see RJ leave the house in daylight and tow their car away. And then we cut to Denise's dad calling the police. Then Mary wakes up in a dunce cap tied up in a room. <laughs> that is Mary, right? Yeah. Okay. Children's drawings Otis comes all over in the to wall. yell at her. And she's like, where's Bill? He calls Otis her like, Mid- Malibu middle class Barbie. Accurate, except Accurate. for the Malibu thing. I feel it. Yeah. So she's like, where's Bill? Where's Bill? Otis is like, I was having a real dry spell. You know, I was blocked. My creative juices were not flowing. But Bill inspired him. And so he, we see footage of Brick House playing while they dismember Bill in the basement, I guess. Mm-hmm. We get a Sherry Moon laugh. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> It gets better every time. (laughs) And then we see Mary again in the room. We pull back a curtain and we see Bill as a fish boy. Mm -hmm. Glasses askew. Tail. I feel like to make the effect complete of him being a fish boy, why keep the glasses? Right. Does a fish wear glasses? Does a fish wear glasses? What a a question for the ages. (laughs) Let me know. At me if you're a fish that wears glasses. (laughs) He, Otis also kisses her without her consent. Oh, I think I didn't write that because I was like, that's gross. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty gross. Otis isn't great. I'm still attracted to him. Otis is set up as like hypersexual, but he seems to just be driven by murder. I think his like sexuality doesn't come into play until the devil's rejects, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Or I think it's more. I think Bill Mosley had to do some not that chill shit in that movie. I haven't seen it, so. Bill Mosley is also like. He. So Rob Zombie casts a bunch of like scream queens, starting Mm -hmm. with. Our mother, Firefly, played by, oh shit, Diane. Wait, no, Karen. Karen Black. I think. Karen yeah. Black yeah. Uh, but Bill. I Mosley, cannot believe I dug that out of my brain. <laughs> you're so smart. Um, but Bill, only in the first movie. Right. He. So Bill starred alongside Tony Todd, our other hot guy, um, in Night of the Living Dead. You guys, every time I hear this, I realize we have so much work to do. So we many do have a lot to of work to do. But Bill Mosley utters the most famous line, I think, from Night of the Living Dead, which is a great movie that we'll cover once we're more established. They're coming to What's get you, Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> that's the line. Uh, I don't want to be a zombie. I'd rather be just dead. Yeah, me too. Zombie feels like a lot of work. I guess you don't know what's happening because you're brain dead. Yeah, true. So I guess I rescind as long as I'm brain dead. I'm dead, do whatever. <laughs> I, if it's just my body, who cares? If my soul isn't there, whatever. I don't, I'm gone. I don't think my soul is here now, to be honest with you. Same. Ack, ack, ack. So we're back at Captain Spaulding's and the sheriff, because of de- um, former retired detective Wilson, Willis, who is Denise's dad, he's there checking things out. Uh, they ask Captain Spaulding about the missing kids, and he cops that he did write them the map to get to the Hanging Tree and Deadwood, which is the area of town that the um, 
Firefly's house is on. Mm-hmm. He gives the cops the same direction. And then we cut to Denise in a baby doll dress tied to a bed. Uh, Tiny comes in and tries to feed her some cereal. And she's like, no. Can you let me go, though? And he's like, all right. <laughs> he's eating. <laughs> he uh, go. He's eating Agatha Krispies. Oh my gosh, I know it was so funny. I want like that box. Me too. I love it. Yeah. So good. If we remember, we'll post a picture of it. We're not going to remember. We never will. So Otis catches her and tosses her in with, I guess, some other captives that then jump her. And meanwhile, the cops discover the kid's car. uh, And they're like, oh shit, what did what happened here? They don't know. We we know, but they don't know. <laughs> Baby then busts in on Jerry, and she's wearing a cheerleader uniform, which is where she says my favorite line, which is, what's new, poopy pants? <laughs> How did I do? <laughs> you did so great. And she says, if you can guess my favorite movie star, you can go. And he guesses, which is, like, kind of obvious once you kind of realize Baby's Think vibe. Think about it. Like, that it's Betty Davis. Yeah. He guesses Marilyn Monroe, and she's like, wrong, dumb fuck, and she scalps him. And I was like, you know what? You know? I'm happy to see your ass scalped. (laughs) The only thing I can think about is that song. It's like, all the boys think she's a spy. She's got Betty Davis Davis Yeah, yes. I love that song. Kim Carnes. Carvis. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, you know, you have the internet too. You figure it out. <laughs> well, fucking, I don't know. It's fine. You had to listen to me sing. That's Sorry enough. I'm antagonizing you know? <laughs> Yeah, I did my like soulful '80s voice for them. Even I loved it. Thank you so much. So back at the car, they find the keys to the trunk, pop it open, and find a dead cheerleader with treat or trick carved into her. So it's a subversion of the traditional Halloween saying. Mm-hmm. Sort of like another slap in the face of traditional Americana and subversion um, of the American dream. Mm-hmm. Otis and Hugo are arguing in front of the TV. I don't know why I wrote that. It's kind of irrelevant. So don't sorry start I said with it. me, Hugo. That's what he says. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> Hugo just—he's not the grossest person in the movie, but he just kind of makes me feel like icky inside. He's a bit icky. He's kind of icky. <laughs> he died, like, right... This is the last movie that actor was ever in. Oh, I know. Imagine going out on this. I I think he did a great job. It's a cult classic. It's a CC. Uh, fuck the police. That They're was a long cups. silence. Did you... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said fuck yes, the police. Uh, fuck the police. They're drinking Cokes, and they're like, we don't know. Uh, weird. And then we find out Denise's ex-cop dad... Detective Willis is going to ride with them to the house. Uh, So then we see a chicken in a cage once they get to the house, which is definitely an homage to Toby Hooper and the Sawyer family. And Mm. I was so proud of myself for noticing that. I was like, I am a genius. (laughs) (laughs) And and that was a good song. So Wydell, the lieutenant, goes in to talk to Mama, who kind of sweet talks him. Mm -hmm. And then Nash, I guess, and Willis kind of check out the grounds and they find Mary and some other cheerleaders in a shed. They radio Wydell and as soon as mommy hears the radio call come through, she shoots him in the head. They like, so Nash 
and the dad do like they see the girls tied up in the shed and then they like immediately start freaking out instead of like trying to I'm like is this what get the them down yeah. yeah like n- no wonder fuck the police they can't even take a girl off of chains like they're so ineffectual like i don't know there's also a poor little little dog yeah, they didn't even help her they were just like oh my god oh, what do we do run. like you get the yeah like obviously one person is alive here you help her down get to the car get the fuck out of there and then right. get back up it's also like sexualizing the death of these girls because there's like their nipples are out and they're like chained up and they're like a little but bloody. mary mary who's one of our like main girls is the only one covered so mm-hmm. she's the one that is named the other women who are cheerleaders are nameless faceless sluts mm-hmm. all of them only identified by the marker of cheerleader right and their nipples are i out. feel bad for them i do nipples yeah but you know what we also see sherry moon's nipples so it's equal opportunity nipple exposure yeah so then we cut to oh sorry Mama shoots Wydell, and then Willis and Nash get shot by Otis. This confused me. So he shoots Willis into a puddle pretty quickly. So, like, they also, like, there's a quick shot of, like, a happy family moment, like, at Christmas. It's so brutal. That's the most brutal part of the movie. I'm like, That is not the most brutal part of the movie. The most brutal part of the movie is when Otis wears her dad's skin to kiss her that is bad that is true but like just that moment of like like you get a quick moment of the three of like the like the denise and her father and her mother being happy on christmas and that's like the last thing presumably the last thing in his head as he dies is like wow rob zombie thank you for getting so real in this like like, twisted campy yeah like i don't know and the music it's fucking mary fuck kill the three cops, Willis, the dad, Wydell, the lieutenant, Walton Goggins, a.k.a. Nash, Nash, who's afraid of a dog. Nash. Uh, fuck Wydell, for sure. Um, I think you're right. Mary kill, Willis. Kill Nash, Mary Willis. Yeah. Because yeah, like, I'm Nash sure that kinda... Willis gave his wife a good life. It seems like it based on his dying image that crossed yeah. his brain. It's the it's like Will it's Wydell's voice that I'm like, meh. I could fuck you. His mustache. I do like a mustache. mustache. I love a mustache. It's a good mustache. So then we see the... Oh, by the way, any cinematic reason out there, anyone that that would be like a 45-second scene of Otis holding a gun to Nasha's head before he shoots? Were they just having a talk? Were they chatting about like current events or the weather? He's reveling. He's really reveling in the misery. I think it's like... It's us, like, really living in this this moment of sadness. That's what I felt like, anyway. I it's felt torture. like my internet had glitched. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, no, I'm just dumb. <laughs> so then we go to the liquor store scene, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby and RJ go to um, buy some booze for their big ritual. What is it called? Talking- What's the liquor store called? It's called Red Hot it's like Pussy Red Hot, Liquors. Red Hot Pussy Liquors. And I think there's a corresponding Rob Zombie song. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are very into Rob Zombie and you're like, you guys don't fucking know what you're talking about. You're right. We don't. We <laughs> never said we did know what we're talking don't. about. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about ever. Ugh. Like we're an hour into this and we don't even know where we are. There's also so like they, 
so there's several times in this movie there's like flashes to like random scenes of like sexy women or like I don't know Otis being you see a lot of Betty Davis a lot of Betty Davis and there's one with baby like in an SS hat it looks like an SS hat it looks like that like I didn't catch it I like you can't see the top but you can see the bill and it looks like it looks like that and she's I know later in his career um when Grindhouse came out which I think was in like 2008 uh there were there was the Rodriguez half and then the Tarantino half and there were a bunch of short films in between it and Rob Zombie directed one of them where Sherry Moon does play like a sexy SS officer. So that's what it felt Ooh. like. Like that hat definitely felt into, like that. Are you into Nazis, Rob Zombie? E, I Ooh. so I was against it. Is I, in my notes it says is that an SS hat? I don't stand behind it. <laughs> That's what it's because I'm like I don't understand what this is. You can't see the top, but it definitely like Sherry Moon Zombie is naked and she's wearing like a short brunette wig and she has that black hat on. But you can't I see missed the top it. Of it. What? Oh my god, you guys! I'm not emotionally prepared to deal with Nazis in this movie. There's so much other either. shit happening. I mean, there's just like so many white people you could drown in in the caucasity of it. But but like. Besides it being extremely white, I didn't get the sense that they were the kind of hillbillies that are racist. I think they're just the kind of hillbillies that are equal opportunity murderers. Who love hillbillies. Who love being hillbillies. A Nazi element. I just, I can't deal, guys. I don't don't know Rob Zombie's political leanings. I don't know that I... I don't think I want to know. I don't know that I want to know. Yeah. I, um, anyway, Sherry Moon Zombie's wearing assless chaps, so. I mean, he's definitely anti-cop and he's definitely like... Mm -hmm. For a strong female vigilante. Uh-huh. Um, He's definitely for a hot, blonde, strong female. But, you know. Yeah. Rob Zombie, cast a fat woman in your next movie. Let's get a fat. Let's get fat women more wo- Let's roles. get a fat brown woman. Black, black brown, brown or black lady. Make her indigenous. the protagonist. Anything but, I mean, I love Sherry Moon Zombie, though. And I like their thing, you know. <laughs> they have their thing and they do their thing. And that's that, you know. Yeah. Rob Zombie, just call us. We have plenty Please to talk about. Give me a and call. as you can tell, we're very smart. <laughs> so they leave the liquor store. We have we have a termination Cooper. of the assless chaps, unfortunately. Uh, and then we see the Firefly family dressed up. I'm like, did I say that correctly? We don't know. Uh, they're dressed up in their ritual clothes, and they're in the foyer of their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're all waiting for Otis. They have the captives tied up and dressed like bunnies. Bunny. And then Otis comes down talking about his attributes as a father. He is wearing Denise's dad's face and chest. I'm and the one baby who brings the Christmas candy. I'm the one who and the- brings the devil's brandy. And then Brandy. I kinda, Mama and Baby like yell, that. who's your daddy? Who's yeah. your daddy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they keep yelling, who's your daddy? Otis comes up to Denise. And I guess she's just so fucked up at this point that she like actually is like, daddy. And he's like, nope. Let Otis me in your daddy's face. Lick your face. Yeah. Through your dad's he licks mouth. her through her dad's mouth. Um, he tells Jerry, you were looking for Dr. Satan. And guess what? The boogeyman is real. And you found him. Jerry has definitely given up at this point. He is dead in the eyes. God love him. Mm-hmm. So then we have our procession, I guess, to the hanging tree where Dr. Satan's grave is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to bury Denise, Mary, and Jerry alive. 
And then um, Mama gives Jerry a real nice smooch before them. They bury them. And yeah. then uh, I want to say Otis goodbye. goes. I keep wanting to say Otis, like Otis Tool, but Otis, <laughs> Otis. goes, aren't we just having a fucking hoot? Which I thought was really funny. Because, <laughs> like, I am having a hoot, actually. <laughs> Mary runs for it. Otis gets pissed and tries to shoot her. But Baby's like, no, let me get her. Let me get her. Um, baby catches her in the graveyard and stabs her. And then I wrote, find out what Baby is quoting, which I didn't. Did you? Shoo, shoo, said the maiden. No, I don't remember. Whatever. It's something about it's rabbits. It's fine. Run, run, <laughs> rabbit. Yeah. And then Otis and RJ are working on burying Denise and Jerry alive. They're in a casket. They get dropped into this, like, corpse pit. And then the casket cart starts shaking because all of Dr. Satan's failed corpse experiments surround them and they get Jerry. Right. Are they? <laughs> There's like so much going on. So I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. Okay. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> Jerry is like being eaten by these people and he's like <laughs> yelling in the background. It's eating me as Denise like runs away because she gets out of the coffin and then she it sees <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny and then like a person in a bunny costume she's like Jerry even though in the background you can hear Jerry saying they're it's eating, eating me. me yeah I'm like what the fuck Denise and then, okay so did the people that attacked her when the bunny costume guy came up just want her bunny suit? So they yeah, take so they her bunny suit her. and then they leave her alone. Yeah, they attack her, they strip her of her bunny suit, and then they just straight dip out. They're like, "All right, I got what I want." Like, got Bye. got the bunny suit. I don't know. I can't begin to tell you. Right. Okay, so Denise gets away from the people that have taken her bunny suit. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> and even then get shoot. away. They just waltz away from her like she's standing there like uh are you gonna eat me and it's like when she asks him for help i'm like girl don't ask an old white dude in a bunny suit for help no one can help you only you can help you figure it out figure it out this isn't jerry she kind of clearly it's not jerry like you just ran away from you know what you don't need jerry jerry's really toxic Mm -hmm. and you just kind of don't need that energy like get out of there but though I have to say, at some point in Denise's journey through this, like, underworld of the house, I was like, you know what? I think I'd want to die. I just don't see how you enter society after seeing Dr. Satan, like, operate on your boyfriend's brain. So much of what she saw, like, the professor and shit, I'm like, mm, I path of least resistance. I don't want to go through the therapy. It's too expensive, <laughs> too long, too much. Just, I'll be dead. That's fine. I She, like, is also walking so slowly she's not like looking for a way out she's just like this is where the tunnel leads so this must be the way out well even when she's in the tunnel and she goes towards like deeper into the house towards the doors i'm like you can see fucking moonlight from here go up up. don't go deeper into the underbelly of the house right Denise, come on, we're trying to get you out of here. There's also, like, when she finally, like, walks into the final room, there's, like, zombies just, like, straight chilling. They're, like, watching TV, they're eating, they're they're just, like, hanging out. Leave them alone. And it's, like, there is, she stands there, like, agog, and there is nothing for you in there, Denise. Get, get out. Yeah. Go. But no. Make any choice except the choice you made. Uh Uh-huh. Of, like, just standing there, which is no choice at all. She does a lot of standing around, yeah. 
So back to the graveyard, RJ has the cop car. He drives it to the ceremonial altar in the yard with all the graves. And um, Otis at this point has changed into his very attractive ceremonial outfit, which again does live rent free in my brain. I said Otis is being the worst kind of goth. That's what I said. I like it. I think he's like... I'm not going to (laughs) apologize. You don't. Don't apologize. I think he's being the worst kind of goth, but that's just me. Again, uh, Denise is running around in these, like, catacombs. She sees Earl, a.k.a. the professor, a.k.a. Tiny... Tiny... Just Tiny's father, I think. I think so. In the gas mask. Tiny's biological father? No. Yes. I get confused about the Firefly family tree. He's wearing a gas mask, and he apparently is Dr. Satan's, like, henchman. He's so spitting he chases up Denise pus. through this maze. Yeah, his face, he's one of Dr. Satan's mutants, so he takes his mask off, and his face is just, like, a seeping red butthole. Butthole. Oozing it's gunk out of it. Butthole-like. It's a butthole, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, you don't want your butthole to look that way. Get some help if your butthole Get is some seeping. Help if your butthole looks like that, yeah. So, uh, yes, he swings for her with a hatchet. He misses and conveniently hits a beam that brings the tunnel down onto him. Mm-hmm. Denise gets knocked out. She then wakes up in the tunnel, crawls out into the daylight. She finds the road and then she sees Captain Spaulding drive up and he's like, shit, what happened to you? People are looking for you. She hops in. He tells her to relax. And then in the most gratifying moment, Otis pops up in the backseat and it's like, Haha, ha, it's not over. And then yeah. Denise wakes up on Satan's Dr. Satan's operating table and the movie closes out. Yeah. It's like don't get in the car and if you do get in the car, don't fall asleep, you dumb asshole. Like This is stop. what I'm telling you. Never trust a white man. Never don't trust get in the a car. Hide if you hear a car coming. Don't trust any white men except, like, your own dad and maybe not even then, honestly. (laughs) Don't trust the police. Don't trust fucking anyone. Right. Oh, God. It's the same thing, Y'all ready for some... I was just going to say, like, when Caesar and I go out, because we're, like, two of the brownest people you've ever seen, is, like, are there black people here? Are there brown people here? Is this a safe space for us? If not, like, maybe let's go somewhere else. You know, like, a restaurant is, like... Let's do a quick scan. Are there any are there any historically disenfranchised groups of people here? If not, like maybe let's go somewhere else. That's how I feel. I must have been tough in Boston. <sighs> God. <Yep. laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like shit I don't think about. I don't obviously I don't have to do that. Um I mean, I don't have to like I only have to be cognizant of basically white men are the only threat to me <laughs> in right. my life, essentially. I mean, yeah. Anywho. Any hoosie. So do we want to talk about some through lines? I would love to talk hey. about through line. Class? So, yeah, you want to start with class? I love talking about class. <laughs> S- social strata comes up a lot in my notes. Um, I'm stupid. Can you explain what that means? It's like, uh, we, you know, like the tiers of class is like the Firefly family is not willing to jump social strata from like their lower class position in society. So they're like 
they're seen as lesser than. So even if you are of lower class, you're supposed to be striving towards that like higher level of social social strata. Right. So. And because they're low class and unwilling to reform themselves in accordance with traditional American values, they are coded as evil. Mm-hmm. It is like kind of just happenstance that they actually kind of are evil. We would have coded people, if they acted all of the ways that they acted without actually murdering people, they still would have been coded as evil, unusual, and we would have othered them in our consciousness because we have been taught that you need to be striving to be part of the ruling class. And if you accept anything other than that, it means that you have failed as a member of our meritocracy, which is a construction and is not real. Right. Because they're poor, they're not uneducated, they are some of them are ugly and so like because they are those things and they don't give a fuck about societal norms they're like they don't elicit our empathy and they don't deserve they deserve the poverty and they deserve our derision because of those things and this is something you see across cinema of all kinds not Mm -hmm. just in the horror genre but in any situation if you see you know a drunk father absent father you know working class mother that's not making her children you know complete healthy holistic meals then you're like oh they're bad they're doing something wrong we're taught and we're socialized to believe that poverty is a condition that the person who is experiencing it is responsible to take themselves out of instead of that it's a societal condition created by capitalism and like intentionally created by the ruling class and it's in all parts of our media so that that messaging remains in our brains like uh we saw remember when we saw the Bechtel cast live Mm -hmm. uh over in Somerville and they talked about Toy Story and they talked about how Sid and Sid's family are coded as evil and bad because they're poor like Mm -hmm. you see that the dad drinks you see that the mom is like low-key absent because she has to work and as a result Sid becomes this like deranged you know kind of like neurodiverse but in a really negative way kid when Sid wasn't doing anything that crazy he was kind of creative right he was just playing with toys he didn't know that they had sentience it's not his fault how would you know a toy is sentient that's not something you can expect (laughs) and there's also like in our American society there's a correlation between like we let you know the whole idea of the American dream that we've all bought and paid for somehow is that like poverty is a product of hard work, and if you work hard enough, you should be rich, you right? Are Which not poor, doesn't right. fucking mean anything, and it doesn't exist. But that is the concept. Like you are supposed to be like, I can be a millionaire. I can be a billionaire. The only thing holding me back is my own shortcomings. But that's what the ruling class wants you to believe so that they can retain their status as the ruling class. When in reality, no one should be billionaires and we should all be spreading the wealth. It's not like there's not there's not a surplus of people. There's a surplus of billionaires. Is that like if there were no billionaires? That's fascism to say there's overpopulation. There are enough resources for the people that live on this fucking planet. The problem is that there are there's. A very tiny percentage of people with so much means it's disgusting and a and a huge percentage of people who have nothing who are sleeping on park benches and we are somehow looking down on them rather than looking down on the billionaires who are exploiting the working class people 
But you know. And even if you're not going to be like, oh, billionaire is problem, there's still a shortcoming in the way that your societal fabric is created. If there are people that are houseless, people that are not eating, people that are addicted to drugs without medical support, like regardless of whether you're interrogating why a ruling class exists, there shouldn't be a society in which every like person isn't provided for. At least like having a home, having access to medical care and having enough money to survive like that is not a crazy reach right and there are there and the are fireflies fucking found a way to make themselves sustainable and like yeah they're ugly they're other they're unusual and that is why they're evil and othered the murder is almost just like a symptom and a byproduct of the fact that they're like kind of weird rockabilly hillbillies that are subverting an Americana and an establishment that has never done anything for them. I honestly, like, we do this every single time. I feel like we always fight for the person who is supposed to be the villain, which is, like, fair. I I do. But, like, Otis, Otis, is is attacking Otis people. Otis Tool, a.k.a. Otis. Otis. I forget his last a- name. <laughs> He's attacking people who who adhere to this bourgeoisie, like, lifestyle. He's attacking cheerleaders. He's attacking these two middle-class couples who are exploiting his own poverty for their own gain. He's he's not attacking anyone who doesn't kind of deserve it. Like, he's not... Right, I- and if, like, if the teenagers hadn't had, like... The outrageous, completely blind, ridiculous arrogance to be like, I can take up space in this small town where this like alleged tragedy occurred. If they hadn't literally demanded the coordinates of this location, Mm -hmm. if they hadn't been so brazen in their pursuit of something that they have no ownership of, then they would not be dead. Like they infringed on the space of the Firefly family and they made fun of them. They mocked them. They were rude to them. They called them a slut. Like, all they did to the point of Mary's outburst was to, like, fucking feed them, fix their car, and provide some very casual and enjoyable entertainment. Right. And instead of any gratitude, because they're poor, these two couples who are in college, presumably college-educated, they have their, like, nice car provided for, I would guess, by one of the parents. We see Detective Willis. We see that he's a man of means and a nice home. Uh, all of these things they weaponize against poor people who have done nothing wrong to them. And so what happens is kind of a result of that. And they're treating their these people's existence and their life as something to be mocked and judged. And they are voyeurs with, like in their existence and that's and not boyers with like benign intent they're malignant they're right they're writing a book about it as if they know anything about it at all right fuck them i'm heated i'm I'm heated as well and i like i mean yes i think bill mosley's like a little hot but like also i agree with a lot of the things that he's saying is that like you are all conforming to the society we 
it's wrong. Like you, I, you deserve my derision instead of the other way around, just because I'm poor and I don't conform to your ideas of society doesn't mean that you're allowed to mock me. I, you know, I'm taking some of my power back by murdering you, but maybe don't murder. And arguably if societal programs exist in which the fireflies can have access to the things that everybody else have, they can have access to medical care for tiny. They can have, you know, just right. basic human things. Arguably, in that society where capitalism doesn't reign supreme, this never happens, and they don't express their kind of like anti-government, uh, anti-capitalist beliefs in this particular outlet. There is so much ambiguity about where the nihilism of the Firefly Clan really originates because they don't want to be reformed mm-hmm. they're not seeking ideological reform they're not seeking you know gratitude or not gratitude they're not seeking like any kind of validation or overturning of their natures from the society they live in they're just kind of like you made us this way we are this way we are not We're apologizing for it. it yeah yeah and it's and it's a trope within horror that like these white trash people who historically in america vote against their own interests but like with the hills have eyes with texas chainsaw massacre this movie you know it's like these poor ugly white people are the villains because they are poor and they're ugly and they don't because the american dream which is construction anyway completely Mm -hmm. failed them Mm -hmm. so we see the markers of americana and of what we should be striving for is the american dream we see like RJ and the classic cars that litter the estate. We see the Christmas decorations. We see that they have like collected hallmarks of Americana and what it is supposed to look like. But at the end of the day, they take it and subvert it because it actively works against their interests and it actively works against their well-being. And they figured it out and they rejected it. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> fuck capitalism. Fuck capitalism. We oh, said my it. My heart just warmed. <laughs> so <laughs> you dug up that really awesome article, and I don't know who it's by. Let me hold. Phoebe? Let me check it out. Phoebes by um, Phoebe Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called "Apocalyptic Machines: Terror and Anti-Production in the Post 9/11 Splatter Film," uh, and this pointed out something I wouldn't have thought of at all which is that the kind of torture porn and splatter film Mm -hmm. genre and the heyday that it experienced in the early 2000s was a reaction to the early days of the war on terror and the uh, Iraqi, uh, excuse me, the American um, torture occupation and torture of of Iraqi Mm -hmm. peoples. Yeah, Uh, Abu Ghraib, exactly. I don't sound smart, but I'm drunk. Sorry. No. (laughs) That's, like, exactly when I read this. So, like, I love a good Google research, and I kind of pride myself on my ability to uh to find the most random articles and yeah i'm just like like, house of a thousand corpses scholarly articles and it's like oh i love this movie i'm white and my hands on my dick film reviewer (laughs) i yeah so when i read this i was like holy fucking shit you're right is that like there is there was such this and i was we were so young when when 9-11 mm-hmm. happened and when this war on terror was incepted by our, um, you know, uh, chief in chief in war, George, George. But 
George but it's W. It's okay, Rebecca. It's fine. He I'm not over nice it. Nice paintings now. <laughs> I I listen to No FX so much. It's it really affected me. And I he's a war criminal, but he makes beautiful paintings of dogs. So it's fine. Don't worry I about he's it. not fine. He's not like an old like. He's he's not someone to be revered. I feel like I'm. Ben he should Kissel be in right fucking now. prison. He and should I feel be like we in should... fucking prison. He's a war. I'm a prison criminal. abolitionist. We should have a one person prison just for George Bush. Just for like a few select white war criminals. That's how I feel. But uh, so like I never really. Thought I kind of think the... Joe Biden should have been in there too. Um, Whoopsie. <laughs> listen, just because Obama was black doesn't mean he was good. That's all I have to say. But Joe Biden is a sponsor of the 1994 crime bill, and he put a ton right. of people of color like in grizzled. prison for, like, essentially no reason. And he just gropes people with abandon. Don't forget, <laughs> he's groping someone right now. Don't put your fucking nose on is, that but he's child. he's groping someone. <laughs> I, anyway, I, yeah, but this, like, whole me thinking about, like, I remember the images of Abu Ghraib. Even though I was very young, even though we were very young, I remember that happening and then well, they were accessible even though you were like 11 it was like even everywhere. though i was like searching rotten.com without my parents consent of course were you on e-bombs world <laughs> <laughs> i of course and and i and it was just like so like the correlation is just something that should have absolutely clicked for me is that like saw it's came wild out, hostile came out House of a Thousand Corpses is that like we were all Hills really have thirsting. eyes. They remade it, and it Hills. was way more gratuitous than the original. Right, we were thirsting for gore and for violence because that's what we were seeing. Our but we were also thirsting for this subversion of Americana and this like we see the American dream in action in Abu Ghraib. We see that we're like fighting for freedom, and so when these came out, it sort of like justified our feelings and our frustrations and our anxieties and oh, wait we're we not see, the like, good guys right exactly we're not. and we still aren't we never have been never have been never have been the good guys anyway i'm shouting I'm a everyone drunk. is trash so <laughs> i'm out of things to say how are you feeling i you want to talk about mother slut uh mother slut so well denise i guess is our final girl she's our but she still dies i suppose as far as final girls go she is not my favorite i don't usually like a final girl that much though i usually like the person murdering them (laughs) are we okay inside (laughs) i i mean no we're not but i mean i like mother firefly except for that she doesn't even get a fucking name her only identity is that she's a mother. i think her name is gloria but she's billed as mother firefly and i mean but baby is billed as baby as well right yeah so like okay two women don't get any names they get baby and mama yeah they get baby and mama and like she uh, is... what I like is that they're both kind of interchangeably mother and slut at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And so I do I like enjoy the characterization because even though they have no names and they have been kind of like cornered into these roles, they still completely outdo the roles and they work outside of them and they live outside of them. And they both have like really market identities. They have you know, feelings, thoughts, memories, like they are really complete characters. The only thing that kind of reduces them to like genre staples and genre tropes is the fact that their characters are named Baby and Mama and that they're super hypersexual. I mean, yeah, I think it's 
it's refreshing to see a woman. Did totally... Caesar just bring you a treat? He didn't. The dog came over because um, he's going outside. Uh, but he. What a good boy. Yeah. He was like, he came into the closet like, are you coming? And then he left. Um, <laughs> yeah, that like mother flyer, firefly is totally unwilling to like shirk her sexuality just because she's over 40 is that like she's like i'm still super sexual i want to fuck jerry for some unknown reason even though jerry's the shit why would she want to fuck jerry worst yeah um and so she she should have fucked that cop before she killed him right but she's like take a mustache ride then off that motherfucker but she's grotesque that's like what kind of bothers me about it is that like the fact that she is sexual makes her just more grotesque and more of the other is that like she's got bad teeth she's not conventionally attractive anymore because she's an older woman and like any of her sexual advantages are seen as a either a joke kind of like or scraping the bottom of the barrel like or violent she's being outlandish yeah i guess it also depends i mean i think maybe it could be characterized that way for a certain type of viewer but i just choose to appreciate and love their agency as women and their characterization as women i mean baby is completely in control of her own sexuality and she like butt heads with otis butts heads with otis in a meaningful way where she stands up for herself she makes her voice heard so i think if you're approaching it as a viewer that already has it in mind to marginalize women to these archetypes yeah but i also think they do kind of transcend these genre tropes and i think that is intentional mm-hmm. yeah is that baby does move the plot forward and she does like take a lot of things into her own hand and i think just like does whatever the fuck and she in the sequels, wants right and in the sequels when uh, most of the other characters fall by the wayside. She remains a strong tenant of the family and she remains someone that continues to push the plot forward and have agency. Right. I love Baby. I know you do. Love Sherry Moon's eyes. <sighs> um, All right. We're, we're so pretty far into, well it. into it. My computer right, is so... also dying. So. All right. Give me one last Sherry Moon laugh. We'll do our plugs and we'll get out of here. Okay. <laughs> oh so good (laughs) so next week we're talking about eve's bayou and we're really excited because we've been doing very white horror so we're excited to dive into the black um femme horror genre where there's a lot of like complexity and super rich filmmaking that we haven't explored yet uh, as you know, we have a Patreon. We'll shave our head. We'll put like a finger in our butt. We don't care. We'll do it all. <laughs> you can find the link to that at spooky succubus at spooky succubus underscore cast on Instagram. It has our link tree. It has all our shit. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review. Our reviews are from our close friends and family members, and we love them. But we also want to hear from you. Right. If you pan us, do we don't us? give a shit. Yeah. That's fine. Rebecca is fucking distracted by her husband, so we are signing off. He he was like, do you hate us? I said, do you hate us? And he said, yes, in the background. No, Caesar loves us. He does. I'm going to close the closet door again. All right. So, again, find our Patreon. Find us on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, review, and we will see you next week for Eve's Bayou. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye.